church with a few guys and reminiscing about a time in my life 10.30 I might not have even been up yet on a Sunday morning who knows what I but the Lord has given me a new life and Christmas has a special meaning now because the beautiful name of Jesus Jesus didn't used to be a beautiful name to me as there's a lot of people in the world and you you know a lot of people that take Jesus name in vain but his name is beautiful what a beautiful name Jesus when I when the, when the name Jesus rolls off my tongue I think it's just beautiful but I feel really feel for people that haven't caught on to that yet especially Christmas time when Jesus is the reason for the season it's a beautiful name Jesus I thank Him for that. I thank God for that. I thank You, Lord, for this time of the year, Lord, where we can reminisce about Jesus. 
the Savior of the world. And I thank you and I praise you and I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by such a great group of Christians to help to build me up and, and hopefully I can help build them up and we can just come together as we come closer to you. Lord, we're drawn together. I thank you for that in my life. I thank you for so many people in this church. And I pray blessings over Orchardville Church. Pray, pray blessings over those who are watching today online. May you be with them. And may you just remind them, Jesus, what a beautiful name. You are the reason for this season. Amen. Hey, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is the reason for this season. Yay. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. I hope you're enjoying it as well. Do you know that you'll never get a second chance to make a first impression, but you'll spend the rest of your life proving that first impression right or wrong? Did you catch that? You'll never get a second chance to make a first impression, but you'll prove it right or wrong for the rest of your life. The reason I say that is so many people, I got to know a, couple, uh, a brother and sister this morning, Brandon and Heather, right here, in my office for baptism next Sunday, and yeah, and also Mr. Eli Taylor next week, so we're going to have three baptisms next Sunday, so excited about that. But I got to talk with them a little bit this morning, while I'm talking about first impressions is they shared with me as they came out here, it's probably been, Brandon was out here first for a little bit, right? And then Heather started coming and her husband's with her too. And um, when they first came out, they said they felt something different here. Now we've heard people say that in the past, right? And it's all about the presence of the Lord being here Amen. and the people that make up Orchardville Church. They said... You can just, it feels different than other churches and it feels like people care about you and the love of God is in this place. So when I say first impression, don't ever catch yourself going through the motions of a Sunday time together at Orchardville Church. I don't care if you've been here 40 years, 40 and a half years, or one year or six months, don't ever go through the motions of being here. Because you never know who's going to show up, who you're going to interact with, and if you go through the motions, you'll never get a second chance to make that first impression. So make sure as you come into this place, especially you uh, saints that have been in this a while, you know the ups and downs of if your walk with the Lord, push through. And make sure people feel the love of the Lord as they come into this place. Amen. All right. Just wanted to share that. Good to see you again here today. I appreciate you showing up on a beautiful, sunny, 75-degree day outside. Listen, I love this weather. This is my kind of stuff right here. Many people don't, but I prefer fall, winter, and then spring, and then summer. It's just the way I am. <laughs> All right. If you have your Bibles or on your devices, turn to Psalm 40. First time guests, thank you, reminders, reminder people. 
First time guests, if it's your first time here at Orchardville Church, just slip up your hand real quick. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you up for a grand prize. Just first time being here with us right here in the front. If you are a first time guest, welcome, welcome, welcome. And there's a card in the seat in front of you, or if you're in the front row, there's one in the seat right behind you. Called the card, just fill that out. There's some basic information. Turn it at the welcome desk after service. And we have a gift for you, or just a little thank you for being with us today and some information about the church in that as well. So, all right. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3, if you'll stand please for the reading of the word. Here we go. I waited, say that word with me. Say it again. Sarah thought I meant waited. She said waited twice. (laughs) I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Father, we thank you again for today. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful church family that we get to be a part of. And God, I pray right now for hearts to be open to your word. And Father, I pray for anybody that may find themselves in a pit of life right now, God, that they understand to wait patiently for you to come through. And God, we just praise you and we thank you. We ask that your word penetrates hearts and God, people be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being patient. <laughs> I waited patiently for the Lord. Are you, answer honestly, are you a patient person? <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Resounding nose is what I heard more than anything. If you said yes, maybe I should ask your spouse or your kids, okay? Um, The Bible tells us the fruit of the Spirit is patience, or maybe your version says long-suffering, but it is a fruit of the Spirit, right? How do you respond in your life to inconveniences, How about things like red lights when you're in a hurry? Yellow means go faster. Red means I still get an extra second. No. How do you respond to interruptions in life? (laughs) I'll be honest. Sometimes Brylon interrupts me, says things, and I don't listen. And she'll say it again. And then her and Sarah both say things, and I'm oblivious. And I'll finally say, what? What? I don't handle interruptions well sometimes. How about irritations? I'm not talking about itches. (laughs) Okay? I'm talking about things in life that just irritate you. Or people. Do you have patience in that? 
How about long lines? Now this time of year, long lines in department stores when you're shopping, long lines in the drive-thru. How do you respond patiently in those? If you're like me in the drive-thru, you say it's a drive-thru, not a stop-thru. What's going on in there? <laughs> okay. How about inept waiters or waitresses that maybe pour tea down your back? <laughs> How's the patience in that? I will say that Hannah Caps has patience. She we had our church Christmas staff dinner last night. Took them out to appreciate them, and the wait right off the bat, the waiter accidentally dumped a whole glass of tea down Hannah's back. The silly guy, sarcastic guy I am, right off the bat said, ooh, I can't wait for a free meal. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, in her gracious self, said, oh, it's okay, don't even worry about it. So, how do you handle those things? Because if we're honest, most of us are impatient people. We are impatient people. What about major events in your life or the lives of your family members? Getting a little more serious, your health. Do we show patience when things like this happen? Your job. You might say, I'd give anything or all that I have to change this situation. But there are times in your life that you can do nothing about what you're going through. How do you react to those situations? Being honest again, sometimes I don't always react in the best ways. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, and along with that, you can't even understand it. It's frustrating, right? How do you react then? If you're thinking about this, if you're like me, you might be telling yourself that I need some more patience. I need it. And I'm sure most of us would say, I need more as well, Rick, if I'm being honest. Do you know why things may happen in our lives? The problems, the situations, the inconveniences, the trials, the struggles, the pits of life, why those things might happen? It's not going to be on your screen, but I added this in this morning. Romans 5.3 says, tribulation works patience. Tribulation, trials, struggles, work, patience. So things are going to happen in our lives and they may reveal impatience that we have. But God is allowing them into our lives to grow patience inside of us. Again, the fruit of the Spirit is patience, long-suffering. Trials, inconveniences, irritations, troubles, these things are not obstacles. They are opportunities to grow in your patience. What is patience or long-suffering? It's not just the ability to put up with some tedious task. It's not even the ability to endure pain and suffering or irritable people. It is that, but it's so much more than that. For us as believers, it's not just about enduring, but it's enduring with hope. I can endure through this because I have hope in Jesus. The Spirit in us knows that these pits, these struggles are leading us to a place of glory. Now I'm going to go through this, I'm in the middle of this, but at the end of my race with the Lord, the glory of God is going to be revealed to me. I'm going to make it to the other side no matter what. And I'm going to see Jesus. 
It's saying in the midst of whatever we're going through that I'm going to give him praise. Sometimes that's difficult in the midst of what you're going through to still give God praise. That's patience, endurance, and long-suffering. We still have a hope. We still praise him in it. If you don't have patience in life, I'll say this nicely, as nice as I can say it. If you don't have patience in life, you are a failure. Was that nice? I said I'd try. But you are not a failure until you quit. But if you quit, you're always going to fail. Make sense? Pretty, pretty simple, pretty basic. Let's imagine, for those of you that didn't grab a hold of that, that you're running a 100-yard 100, 100 dash, and you're winning by like 15 feet. You're blowing everybody out. I dream of this for myself. <laughs> but in the last three feet, you quit before the finish line. It doesn't matter how far ahead I was or you were. The bottom line is you just lost the race because you quit. Without patience and long-suffering, we will fail. So why is patience so important? How would you like to be a full-grown Christian, a believer with all the fruit of the Spirit, and for people to look at you and see Jesus Christ? Four people would like that. How would you like to be victorious in every circumstance? Triumph over everything, every pit that comes your way, you're going to be victorious. You're going to be like Jesus. How would you like that? We'd love it, right? To have all that, it comes from having patience. Again, not on the screen, James 1, 3, 4 says, Knowing that the testing of your faith, testing the pits of life, the hardships, the trials, the struggles, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. Perfect here means mature. That you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. God wants you to be a mature Christian. Your pastor wants you to be a mature Christian. I want to be a mature Christian. There is no maturity without patience and no patience without trials or the pits of life. If you're not spiritually mature, you're not being like Jesus. God wants to bring you to the fullness of Christ. That's where he wants to bring us to. God does that by allowing trials and tribulations in order for us to mature in him. We don't look at it like that all the time. Let me ask you this. Are, are kids patient? Of course not. Kids don't even know the difference between no and not yet. If you tell them to wait, they think that's a no because they want it now. Now. 
Let me just jump on a story. If I, if I would act, if I would have acted, like so I see some of these kids in Walmart when they can't have something, if I would have acted like, like that, I'd tell you my mom didn't care about DCFS being called or my dad. <laughs> They'd have whooped me right there. And if it wasn't there, it was going to be as soon as we got in the car. It was the old reach around. Here it comes. Kids do not know patience, but God's interested in growing us up and making us mature. And the only way we'll learn this is in these pit moments that lead us to patience. We're sometimes like little kids when we go through things. I don't want to suffer, God. I don't want to go through anything. Don't let me have this problem. I just want an easy life. And if that's how you feel, You'll never be a mature Christian. Tribulation, the pits of life brings patience and patience brings maturity. When we find ourselves in whatever pit of life we're in, we need to ask God for wisdom in it. Because just because you're in the middle of something difficult and it could be the worst thing you've ever went through in your life doesn't mean God can't grow you in it. I'm finding that out slowly. God can grow you, like Jake said, in the valley, in the pit. You can still grow in the midst of what you're dealing with. And you need to ask God for wisdom to help that happen. Because even though we may be in a pit, God can and will grow us through as we ask for his wisdom to be imparted into us. And you know what? Sometimes as you ask for that, he'll reveal things. Sometimes you're not going to understand it. But you need to be patient. You need to be mature in the situation. Listen to this story. A man fell into a pit and he couldn't get out. Buddha said, your pit is only a state of mind. A Hindu said, this pit is for purging you and making you more perfect. Confucius said, if you would have listened to me, you would have never fallen into that pit. A new age person said, maybe you should network with some other pit dwellers. A self-pitying person said, you haven't seen anything until you've seen the pit I'm in. A news reporter said, could I have the exclusive story on your pit? A federal bureaucrat said, have you paid your taxes on that pit? (laughs) A county inspector said, do you have a permit for that pit? A realist said, that's a pit. An idealist said, the world shouldn't have pits. An optimist said, things could be worse. A pessimist said, things will get worse. But Jesus, seeing the man, took him by the hand and lifted him out of the pit. John 16, 33. This will be up there, but turn there if you would. John 16, 33. I'm sure you've heard this scripture a lot. I know I've shared it. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So Jesus himself is telling his closest followers, his disciples, that in him we can have peace. 
But he also said they were going to have some struggles in life. It's inevitable. You're going to go through some things. We're going to have moments when we may find ourselves in a pit. It could be a pit of grief. It could be a pit of sorrow. It could be feelings, hurt feelings, sin, addiction. Whatever it is, we can find ourselves in this pit. Yet in spite of Jesus sharing this and warning us that these pits will come and telling us that we can still have peace in him because he overcame the world, many Christians that profess to know Christ, myself included, we see believers stumble when the pits come and they'll fall away when the trial comes their way. Now, I know that was a lot, but the basics of it is when something hard comes, we'll see a lot of believers turn away from Jesus. I thought it was supposed to be better for my life when I served the Lord. I thought things were going to be perfect and easy. He never said that. But he promises to be with you, Emmanuel, God with us. If you're going to persevere with Christ, we have to know ahead of time that there will be moments that we find ourselves in a pit. There are things that are going to come up in life that are going to be difficult. They're going to be hard. We have to understand that. And when that happens, we've got to know what to do when we get there. Rather than turning away from the Lord, we've got to learn to trust him to rescue us out of these pits in life. Don't quit in the pit. Don't quit. Psalm 40 this morning, it's a song about the pits. And it falls into two sections. In the first half is verses 1 through 10. David tells how God got him out of one pit and he sings God's praise for doing it. But guess what? He didn't live happily ever after. Instead, we see in the second half of this psalm, 11 through 17, that he's in another pit, crying out to the Lord to deliver him from this one too. They're going to happen. In the first pit, he waited patiently upon the Lord to rescue him so he knew how to wait on the Lord to get him out of the second one. How many of you have been through some stuff in life? How many of you know God was faithful? How many of you know you're going to go through something again, probably? How many of you understand that God's still faithful? But sometimes we get in these moments, we get in these pits, and we forget how many times God proved himself to us. We forget somehow, some way, his love always proved true to us. Somehow, some way, he always came through. Somehow, some way, he reminded us, I still love you and I'm still with you. So in this psalm, we see what we need to do when we find ourselves in a pit. When you're in a pit of life, I'm still crawling out of mine right now. Whatever it is, wait patiently on the Lord. Put your hand on your chest where your heart is. Everybody do that right now. Okay? Every time your heart beats, use that as a reminder that God is not finished with me yet. You feel that? God's not finished. No matter what you're going through right now in this moment at 1052 in Orchardville Church, God's not done with you yet. He's not done with us. Wait patiently on the Lord and give him a chance to bring you out of that pit you're in. Again, how many of you have been rescued out of a pit before? Guess what? If there hadn't been the darkness, you never would have seen the light. We've got to go through things. 
I would have never seen the light of Jesus come through in every situation in my life that I've went through. I would have never experienced the light if I hadn't been in the darkness. If it wasn't for the breaking in my life at times, I would never experience the mending that Jesus did for me. If Jesus had not done what he did and experienced his own pit as he died on the cross for me, then I'd still be a dead man in my sins. He overcame death, and because of that, I can overcome anything that comes my way in this world. I'm not going to quit in the pit. And I don't want you to either. And I'll say this as nice as I can. You know what we do sometimes? Guilty. It's me too. I tell you guys that all the time. When I'm preaching, things are right back at me, okay? When we get in these pits of life, we like to frame our pit and let everybody know about it and make it out like we're the worst person. I mean, the things that have happened to us are the worst. And we're the victim. But you know what? God already knows everything. He's omniscient. And even though at times we play the victim and we try to hide things from him, he still overflows with love for us. And he still wants to deliver us from whatever pit we're in. We can look at the Israelites for an example of how God treats us in spite of how we act. <laughs> Woo! Even after Israel sought the help of the Egyptians and they invited the chastisement of God in doing so, Isaiah 30, 18 says this, So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God... Blessed are those who wait for his help. He wants us to come to him. He longs to show you his love and his compassion in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. He's faithful. He is faithful to us. We also read in the word that his love endures forever. We need a God who is in it for the long run. He's in it for the long haul with us. And we have one because we serve the one true God. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.10, and he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. As a believer, you have a lifetime warranty from God. Woo! Lifetime warranty. And it includes the past, our present, and our future. Lifetime. And that's exactly the kind of deliverance that we need and he gives it to us. Psalm 140, verse 7, Sovereign Lord, my strong deliverer. When we're in the pit, people will try and help us, and that's fine. That's fine. That's great. I'm glad for people in my life that help me get out of that pit that I'm sometimes in. I'm thankful for those people, but people are not supernatural, right? They will wear out. God does the supernatural and his power and strength never wears out. And I need you to be aware of something if you didn't know it already. If you are truly living for Christ and your life is surrendered to him and he, is, he, and he has for you, 
All he has for you, if you have surrendered your life to him and you believe that he has things for you, he has good things for you, the enemy hates your guts. He hates you. But instead of giving up and quitting in those pit moments of life, call on the Lord. What well, sounds simple, Rick? It is simple. We complicate it. We can think about the different people in the Bible and their pit experiences. Joseph went from a pit to a palace. He didn't lose faith in God in the midst of things that weren't even his fault. Daniel thrown into a lion's den. We can call that a pit. Gideon was hiding from his enemies in a hole. God rescued him. God has proven over and over again that he will show up in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our problems, in the midst of our difficulties. He will show up. Where you may look around and think your world is falling and the walls are crashing in, God sees your future. And he's saying, just stick with me. Stick with me. Stick with me. And sometimes we're put in a storm so we can see what we're capable of and what God is capable of. Our Heavenly Father and His Word enables us to get through the challenges and the pits of this earthly life. God will meet you right where you are this morning and He will help you. We've all had these in the pit moments. Again, you may be in one this morning, this very moment right now. And I want to share something that you may or may not be aware of. If the praise team will go ahead and come back up. Again, you may have heard this, you may not have heard this, but there's a place called the sacred pit. You're not going to find it in the scriptures. And some of you already shut me off. I'm not want to hear it then. But according to studies, the sacred pit is where Jesus was taken after the last supper with his disciples. There's a lapse in time in the scripture of what was going on with Jesus this night before his death. And before Jesus was taken to Pontius Pilate, Jesus spent the night at the home of Caiaphas in a deep hole or pit below his house. It was so deep that Jesus needed to be lowered into it. He was brought up from it the next morning to face his suffering and death. I have a picture of what it looks like today. He was alone. In the dark, no food, no water, no earthly comfort, none of that stuff. The moments before an innocent man was to be put to death, he was completely alone. To me, this may have been worse than the lashing and lashes and the beating that he was about to be put through. To be completely alone without anything. Now I think, I've, I've thought about the things that I've cried out to God about over the last 16 months of losing Jackson. I've said things like, I'm in this pit, God. I've said things like, why did this happen? I've said things like, don't you even care? I've sat alone in the basement of our house crying and wondering why I have to deal with this pain every day and saying that my soul is crushed. It seems like I don't have any help, God. And my mind would get in this deep, dark, dreary place. 
And I myself can't see a way out of this pit. And I say things like, why won't you help me? And I'm sure I'm not the only one to say things like that. But as I stop and think about all my emotions, all my grief, all my sorrow, all my pain, all my sadness, I realize that Jesus knows exactly where I'm at and what I'm feeling. He knows. And Psalm 34, 18 reminds us the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And if I can stop and remember all that Jesus went through as I'm in my pit, I can visualize him being lowered down into that circumstance with me. Because he's been there. He went before us. He felt pain. He felt hurt. He felt all the emotions that you and I may be feeling right now in whatever pit we might be in. But we also have to remember that the thing is that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he will deliver us also. And the, the problem that we sometimes have is it doesn't look like what we thought it would. But I want to encourage you this morning again, don't quit in the pit. Don't stop. He bore our suffering. He was lowered into a pit as part of the path to his resurrection. And he wants us to remember that whatever we're going through right now, he went before us and he will lift us out. You guys will stand this morning. Just bow your heads for a minute. And just really focus in on the Lord. Focus in on whatever you're facing right now. And hear the words of this message. Don't quit in the pit. I don't know what every single person is going through in here, but don't quit in the pit. Do not quit. Do not quit. Some of you just need to hear that. Do not quit. You may be in here and you're on your, you're just, you're on your last straw and you're about to give up on Jesus. Do not quit. Keep believing, keep fighting, keep trusting, keep crying out to God. And I know that he will deliver you. We've heard this, that without the test, there is no testimony. You can grow in the midst of what you're going through. But please, 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 this morning, do not quit. When you come out of it, and I'm here to tell you as we agree on God's word, when you come out of it, and you will, he will put a new song in your mouth. And people will see, people will hear, and because of you not quitting, people will come to the Lord. Your testimony will reach people and they will come to Jesus because you didn't quit. So this morning as we open up the altars, 
Again, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, whatever your hurt is, do not quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Wait patiently on the Lord. Call out to the Lord in the midst of what you're dealing with right now and wait patiently for him to come through. Father, I just lift each person up to you right now, God. Lord, I pray that your word right now, Father, I know it doesn't return void, Father, so let it saturate hearts in this place, Father, for the ones that are struggling, the ones that are are thinking about quitting while they're in the pit, God, I pray right now that they come to you. Father, that they cry out to you. And Lord, that they, they be reminded, Father, of every single time you've been faithful. And Lord, just envelop them in your love, in your peace, in your comfort this morning. Minister them right where they're at, God. Remind them of who you are. We just praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we worship, come. If you've got a need, come. The Lord is here. He's ready to minister to your heart today.
would have me remind some of you that are struggling right now that he is the same God in the good times and the bad. He will sustain you. He will lift you up. He will strengthen you. He will give you peace in the midst of what you're going through. He will shine his light in the darkness that's around you right now. He is faithful. He loves you. He cares for you. He sees you. If you know him, he knows you. And he will not abandon you in the midst of what you're going through right now. Look up. Because your help comes from the Lord. Cry out to him. Know him. And he will reveal himself to you. Patiently wait on the Lord. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Again this morning, don't quit in the pit. Don't quit. It is maturing you. It is growing you. If you will call on the Lord in the middle of it, he is working things in your life. And every trial, every battle, everything you're dealing with, everything, every time God delivers you, he's growing you more and more. Because as you come out of one, and maybe it's a year or two, you face something else, as that next thing comes up, you've grown in the Lord. You've grown. And you're going to be able to combat that next pit, that next battle, that next trial. You're going to be able to sustain, be sustained by the Lord as you go through it more and more. He's bringing you into the fullness of Christ. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. I thank the Lord for speaking to us today and for who that was for this morning. I pray you grab a hold of it. Maybe you didn't come up today, but you grab a hold of that, that I'm not going to quit on God in the midst of my pit. I'm going to continue to cling to him. I'm going to wait patiently for him to deliver me out of this. It goes for me too. Father, we praise you again. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for allowing us, Father, the freedom to worship together, for allowing us the opportunity, Father, every single minute of every single day to draw near to you. Father, there's something, there's things on our, on our side that we, Father, we need to be with you. We need to spend intimate time with you. And God, I pray that we continue to seek you each day, that you continue to mature us in your ways, God, and you continue to be the Lord of our lives. Praise you and we thank you this morning what you did in this place and the testimonies that are coming because of who you are. Praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.